Hello and welcome to Whispercast. My name is Sebastian and joining me this week is the wonderful Alice Vickery. Alice is a self-made freelancer based in the Southwest and currently working with Radio Cornwall and potentially getting her own show in the near future. She has also created two podcasts, Stingback Chat and Cornwall Kaleidoscope. In this episode, we talk about her journey to radio, from humble beginnings at university, working over in Australia on a farm and through the pandemic. We also talk about Pride Month and what it means to us. So, without further ado, on with the show. And joining me this week is the wonderful Alice Vickery. Hello, Alice. Hello, Sebastian. How Hello. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I like being described as wonderful. I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming on this very important show, which is all about, uh, we're going to do some Pride talk, as it is Pride Month this month. But obviously, before we go into that, we're going to talk about all the lovely things you do. You've done like very recently and like your career and stuff. But first and foremost, how would you describe yourself in a like creating wise? Because you just do so much stuff. Like, how would you how would you describe that? Oh, <laughs> see, this is a it's a bit of a weird one because you're right. So you said, you know, you say I do a lot of stuff and I do. But that's because I've acknowledged that as a freelancer, I mean, a freelancer in any profession, but like me thinking as a freelancer in radio and what I want to do, yeah. I have to be a hustler, right? <laughs> I have to hustle my ass <laughs> into line and make sure that I'm sort of working as much as I can on as many platforms as I can. So firing on all cylinders. Mm. And when I, you know, I when I, I came back last year from Australia during COVID or because of COVID, mm. um, and sort of decided I want to go into radio. And then lots of things happened last year, but it was all very sort of dot to dot to dot, sort of single rung up a ladder mm. kind of thing. And then it got to the third lockdown and everything went squiggly again. And I was like, right, what am I doing? <laughs> How do I do this? What squiggly am I doing? Okay. Squiggly, the squiggly ladder. The ladder is not straight anymore. It does not go from one location to another. You take many, many detours. And so, you know, I I thought okay, well, now's the time to try and launch myself in as many ways as possible and get myself out there so people can see I'm creating content and then whoever's going to pick that up, whoever will see it, I will make myself as visible as possible mm. so someone will eventually see and, yeah. and sort of take it running. So I suppose, yeah, I'm trying to be a hustler. That's how I describe myself creatively. That's what I'm going for. I think, I think really I'm well. on the way. I think I'm you're not doing sure really well. I'm quite there there. Yeah, you're doing Thank well. You. <laughs> yeah, you're doing well. Oh, yeah, it's it's happening slowly. Thank yeah. you. So, this all was this kind of was hustling your nature from a very young age? Were you like weeding and dealing at the school, the schoolyard? Or... No, <laughs> no, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at hustling. I've always been like a let's just sort of see what happens. I can do this one thing. I've always liked to do multiple things, and mm. that's one reason I love radio. Actually, is because you can do so many things in one vocation. Hmm. You can do so many and try so many different ways of doing it, like producing, presenting, even like within those two things, hmm. there are so many different vices. <laughs> and um, yes, I've always liked multiple things. I've never been very good at doing them all at the same time though. <laughs> so that, that bit is the adult bit <laughs> that yeah. I think I'm trying to learn because things that people keep on saying to me that like I, I know is true but actually sort of manifesting it is like <laughs> consistency is key yeah 
And I know that that's true, but actually being able to do it is like a whole yeah, different thing. So no, I'm not naturally, <laughs> I'm not naturally a, a hustler, shall we say, but I'm trying to be the baddest one around town. That's my own. <laughs> Um, so did this whole sort of hustling career, like your creative career, like starting at Radio Com, were you doing other things before? How that all, how that all began? I listen to BBC Interest, and I don't know if you can tell if you get this vibe, Sebastian, but I'm a little bit of an attention seeker. I'm a big people pleaser, so any sort of uh, performing, any sort of acting, any sort of singing. I'm a classical singer. That's like what I was trained to do oh, when wow. I was younger. Um, and I, I went to university to study English literature and creative writing to do a lot of poetry and I, you know, script writing and things like this. So I had lots of different, I'm quite like a creative person, I like to do that. Mm. And then at university, I was going around um, a society's fair, you know, in the first couple of weeks, just sort of seeing what it was about. And I walked <laughs> past the university uh, uh, radio station, mm. it was called Livewire, and I was just like oh this looks cool I've always thought about this and my mum said maybe you should do it you need like you might enjoy it and I was like yeah I think about it and I went up to the person who was just like sort of handing out letters and stuff and I said hi you know can you tell me about it and they were like yo stop right there your voice oh you have a voice for radio and I was like stop it thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so much and that's why I started in radio that was it somebody gave me a compliment and I was like done <laughs> that was all I needed but, um, but then but then I started doing it and it was like a combination of everything I enjoyed doing it was the performing it was the writing it was the music mm. it was all the creative things that I've enjoyed doing previously but with talking to people yeah perfect Okay. Don't know what more you could want. So that's that's how that came about. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of people find a lot of special interest in like things outside of their degree and like radio. Yeah, mm. I, 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 when I was at, uh, well, when I was in university, took you out this year, but I, I joined the, uh, the radio society as well. It's actually part of the reason why I'm doing this now yeah. with Whisper. But I was doing a kind of similar program with um, the Surf Radio in Falmouth. So ah. yeah, it's really fun. Like you get to talk to people and hear people's stories, and and it's just fun to like be in a studio. Obviously, I, you can have maybe some stories from Radio Cornwall, but uh, we have we have a little in <laughs> um, uh, the Falmouth Radio. We have a, like we have a, like a portable box uh, into Falmouth, in Falmouth campus. Uh, so it's quite small, but it's just oh, right. it's, it's very cozy. But it it was great fun when we probably, yeah probably COVID, obviously COVID and everything. Um, Yes, made uh, everything we, a bit different. Yeah, how, how's your so from university from the uh, English and creative writing? Did you go do any sort of traditional? I say traditional work. I don't know. Did you do anything to do with your degree, or did you jump straight into radio, or, or what, what was your what was your sort of trajectory Ooh. after university? So after uni, um, I had a bit of a hard time in surgery. I feel like a lot of people go through. Because it like you leave the nest from home, especially if you come from a sheltered home, right? And you haven't <laughs> done much growing up before going off to university. Yeah. And then you go to uni and you're like, oh my God, the world is so big and wide and I want to do everything. <sighs> and so I did everything, some of it bad, some of it good. Um, <laughs> and then third year, I really, really, I, I was just in a very strange place, but also going through like a lot of realisations. It was quite a confusing time, but... You know, I 
I, I knew I wanted to go into radio. I didn't take radio that seriously at university, actually, which is a bit ridiculous, considering that, like, by first year, by the end of first year, I was like, this is what I want to do. I still just, like, took the mick all the time. But I, I did know that once I left, that's what I wanted to do. Mm. So I came out and I'd applied for a couple of jobs sort of throughout the year. And... Uh, was in this not really who I was and I, I I know you don't know me that well Sebastian but I had really long hair <laughs> to me that's a real sign of I don't know who I am when I've completely lost myself and I don't know what's going on in my life I let my hair grow that's right. that's what happened okay. and my yeah. hair was down to my bum like it was it was ridiculous Jeez. so I had hair. these two jobs lined up and one was actually it was long, long hair. Didn't look good. Didn't like it. <laughs> but one was for uh, BBC. It was a uh, oh, what's it called producer trainee program. That's it. It's like oh, yeah. for, it's the graduate scheme basically for the BBC for for production. And I got through to the final right, and I went to their sort of open day where they they did sort of one on one interviews and had us all in groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know me. I know that if I really want something, if I really want a job or whatever, nothing's Mm going to stop me from getting it. Like (laughs) uh, nothing is going to get in my way. (laughs) And so I went to this day and I was there and I could just, I just feel I just wasn't into it. And I just know like my head was not in the right space for me to, I think honestly, if I would have gone there, like straight after university without a break, I would have burnt out. Yeah. And I would have lost my love for radio because that's mm. just sort of how twisted everything was at the time. Again, another thing, um, I went for an interview with BFBS, which is the military radio station, like the forces radio station. Oh, and wow. it is such a cool job, can I just say, because you get to go to like Brunei or Falkland Island <laughs> or Germany and present on the military camps there. It's basically like a worldwide reporter job. It's it's such that. a cool job. I and I was that. really excited by the idea. <laughs> I don't even know that's a thing. No, nobody know knows about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> my, I only knew because my my parents met in the RAF and they said, oh, oh, you should have a look at their thing because it's like such, it's like so its own thing, like its own little environment. But that was really cool. And I went for that job there. And again, I got an interview sort of based on my demo. And I just, again, just like was not into it. Mm. So, and, and I know, I know that I just, I just wasn't ready to start working. I, like, I need to go somewhere. So then my mate turned around to me and she said, right, Alice, I need to go to Australia. <laughs> I need to go <laughs> travelling. Do you want to come? And I was like, I actually can't think of anything else I'd rather do right now than just escape for a bit of time, go off and mess about, get my confidence back, like, so out what I want to do. And then just like, just, just, because I'd really, really lost sort of a sense of who, who I was. Like my, my personality, my individuality just went. Yeah. So I stayed home for seven months, got some money, headed off to Australia. And then once I was in Australia, I thought, no, I do want to keep on presenting. I do want to keep my finger in the presenting pie, as it were. <laughs> um, and so I started my podcast whilst I was out there doing that chat. Oh, yeah. And that made me able to go and talk to literally I got so many free experiences it was amazing I did a free bungee jump (laughs) I had a free hot yoga session (laughs) and like all these different things so it was like it's such a good reason to try different things and talk to all these interesting people and like show myself sort of doing stuff so that was that was how I sort of kept my sort of yeah kept it all going whilst I was out there wow that's yeah just just go to the other side of the world and see what happens. <laughs> yes, best, yes, pretty way. much. That, 
that was it that was it yeah but there was also there was a really cool uh community radio station out there as well Mm. it was called triple m in melbourne and i i volunteered for them so i edited some of their podcasts and then i sort of took the phone in the morning and stuff like that so working in a radio station on the other side of the world was also really cool. So I had some experiences out there that I wouldn't have had otherwise if I'd have stayed home and forced myself to carry on doing something that I wasn't yet ready to do. Yeah, that sounds great. How long were you in Australia for? How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for a year. Well, it's a year. And I did... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. We did a lot of stuff. But... So for three months of it, I went to do my farm work because, you know, you have to do like working holiday visa. You have to do 88 days of farm work. And it was absolutely dreadful and also fantastic at the same time because it was just it was like university only work. So you could imagine what trash we all became. It was it was horrendous. Um, (laughs) But I did all of that. And then literally not not a month and a half later, heard everything about COVID and we had to come back home. So that was that, really. Like we were planning on staying there for another year, but we had to come home because of because of the pandemic. I didn't know that. Is that is that a requirement to anyone who's coming over? You have to work on the farm for eighty eight days. Is that is that like a is that a thing? Yeah. Really. Yeah. No. Genuine. Genuine. It's um, certain people. I think if you're American, you can do hospitality instead, and that still counts. But if you're British. if you're from England or a lot of <laughs> other places, yeah, British basically, uh, you get to. You have to do something in the agriculture industry. So, you know, you could work in an, is it an arbitoire? Is that what it's called? Yeah. With the with the cows and the, yeah, which I which I, I didn't want to do. But you could also work with horses or whatever. But we did, I planted macadamia trees. It was fabulous. Oh, nice. <laughs> you get to choose uh, your, your craft in the farming industry a little bit. It has to be farming related. Just That's a little so bizarre. bit. I've never, yes, I've never yes, heard it has to be. Why is it so... No, well, this is the thing. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. Nobody has a clue. And they also don't know how bad it is because they treat you appallingly. Like, the racism, the sexism out there is, like, from the farmers itself. Because you're, you're trash. You're literally trash. Um, which is why, actually. So when I came back home and I was about to go insane because of, because of COVID, I was like, right, I need to keep myself busy and also want to go into radio. So I started a second season of Digging Back Chat. And in that, I had sort of four episodes that were dedicated to farm work. And I spoke about the work, I spoke about the sesh, as I called it, because I'm so cool. Uh, I talked about the relationships, I talked about the hostels. So it was like a real thing to digest. And people, people were listening to it and thinking, I had no idea. I had no idea that one, you had to do this. And two, it was that bad. That was interesting. I I enjoyed making those episodes. <laughs> so, was it both your friend that, that so you and your friend did this together, or was it just you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. That's crazy. I've never heard anything like that before. Like people go on holiday there, have a great time. If you want to live there any longer, than <laughs> two, how long is it? How long is it like a limit? Like you can't stay there. The work. I'm just very. I'm for more now. than a year. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a farm. year. It's a, it, to stay for an. To stay for your second year, you have to do three months. And to stay for your third year, you have to do six months. That's insane. Who is going to waste their time doing that? <laughs> I might have done, but still. Still. Oh, my God. That's mad. I have no idea. That's that's their requirements. And they just chuck you on a farm. Mad. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, here, you're here now. <laughs> Back to the subject. <laughs> <laughs> you're here now. 
um so when you, so obviously when you came back you had obviously much more energy well not really i mean i guess like covid hit so maybe not so how was it coming back to a covid um <laughs> britain <laughs> from being free range oh. in the farm to in your room <laughs> quite a yeah. dramatic shift um <laughs> in cornwall can i just say as in well cornwall. in cornwall which i feel like is you know it's so detached isn't it and Next i level. i don't want to be um yeah I, d- I don't want to be dramatic but to be honest with you it was somewhat traumatic <laughs> like I know for a full fact that like for the next year I would I would say up until about Christmas time when things started moving again like I was I was certainly depressed for a little bit and I had anxiety for the first time I've never really had anxiety before and suddenly I was getting like TMJ which is like a super tight jaw oh yeah um and that would happen when I was anxious and that that had never I'd never had that before it was it was awful it was awful coming back but now looking back on everything that's happened I could not be more grateful actually (laughs) that I was forced to come back because of everything that's happened like afterwards not just professionally but also personally Mm. I'd like you know my relationship with my parents is fantastic I would never have had this time with them again if it wasn't for this and you know I've met I met someone. <laughs> I've never had a boyfriend before. I don't know what that's about, but he's great. I love Aww. him. He's great. So <laughs> we love that. But that's and and you know, professionally wise, you know, obviously the the radio and stuff like that. That would have taken me years if it was a normal situation. That might have taken a lot longer, and I might have been a lot more well, a lot less lucky about it because, you know, however hard you work, luck is still a big part of it. Oh yeah, it could be in your favor or not. That's crazy. I didn't. I I had, mm. I had the assumption that you were already kind of. I don't know. That been in the radio gig for a while. I just didn't even think about it. I didn't. They didn't. Thank you. No, made, no, no. I just <laughs> I come across so professional. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You do though. You, you obviously know what you're doing. I guess. <laughs> awesome. If it comes across that way, then I shall accept it. Thank you very much, Bessie. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, so I guess like, did you start doing Radio Cornwall stuff like uh, in during lockdown? So this is what I'm, I was saying about earlier, you know, the the dot to dot kind yeah. of thing. So I started doing Dingbat Chat series two, and I did that for about you know three four months, and I was sort of reeking of desperation trying to find something to keep myself busy or like to to move on in my career because I suddenly realized I was ambitious and I've never really been ambitious before but like in this I was like no I want to do this and I wanted to do it now (laughs) and obviously that doesn't happen normally never mind in a pandemic so I was trying to do the the podcast and then through the podcast I came across Nails and Tracy they and they do sort of do opportunities they have like a sort of radio presenter community basically Mm. and it was because they were advertising that you could sort of advertise your podcast on their website for free, which is why I came across it. And then I got in touch and then I said to them, Oh, you do presenter training. Well, it's been a while and I don't know how to do it anymore. I think it's probably a good idea if I took the course. So I took their course and then they also have a competition called radio star and radio star is, is an international radio presenter competition. And so I entered that Hmm. And so at the same time, I'd also sent Dingbat Chat up to BBC Uploads. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's basically where sort of whoever in creating in the local community in the county can send their work off to BBC Radio, whatever. Mm. And if it's good, they'll play it. 
basically. And so they started to play Ding Bat Chow on BBC Radio Cornwall through BBC Uploads. That's so these cool. things are both happening at the same time. And then, which was really cool. And it, it all stemmed from the podcast, which I, I had no idea that that would they would these that would pay off i was obviously mm. just doing it to keep saying that was the main <laughs> that was the main point of it and then and then the the radio presenter competition continued and i got through to the final and then i won wow, so that was nice. insane and all these different uh, people in the radio professionals in the radio industry had listened to my stuff they knew who I was they said you know you're good blah, blah blah which was which was lovely and you know I've got a few contacts from that now and then on the other hand BBC Radio Cornwall heard that I won Radio Star and then they said do you want to come in for a few shifts with the idea of training me up to be a presenter so it just all sort of chugged along nicely wow. very very smoothly like far too smoothly so I but this is it so so I worked there I started in August at BBC Radio Cornwall and then I got to the Christmas time and I presented my first show which well, was, was really that? exciting yeah. it was just after Christmas oh I, my head nearly exploded I honestly <laughs> think I almost weed myself and that's not even a joke I I almost melted within the first 10 seconds I was like a bucket of sweat it was just it was so scary and it was so fabulous at the same time and it was just really exciting to be to be getting these messages in and playing these things out on the radio and I was like oh this is good I feel good I'm enjoying this and it felt natural to me which I think is really lovely so it was good to have that feeling and then sort of going into the third lockdown because mm-hmm. of certain situations at BBC Radio Cornwall and the way that Covid played into what's available and what's not I didn't have the space or the time or the funds essentially to be trained as a presenter anymore mm-hmm. so that stopped so I did I had my show I had a big high and I was like wow and then no, <laughs> and then nothing for like three months. And I was like, what is going on? But that actually made me realise that, you know, on that straight ladder that being dot to dot to dot, I'd missed out a lot of steps, a lot of things that I probably should have been doing all the way along anyway. But I hadn't because I'd relied on, I put all my all my eggs in one basket, basically. Mm. So those three months, however hard it was, it also made me realise, okay, I need to hustle. So do you see, like, I feel like all these things have played out the way that they've needed to. And now working out, I have my next show on the 25th of June. Wow, that's exciting. After all this time. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. After all this time, exactly. So I I should have to practice a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be a recurring recurring show? Was it it hopefully going to be repeated? The hope, the hope. Yeah, the hope is that, you know, if I somewhat prove myself this time round, mm. um, you know, certain things need to be done. And if I show myself to be at that level, then it will happen again. It will be repeated again. So I, this is like, I mean, the sign of the times, isn't it? Everything's opening up again. And so the opportunities are coming and that's just what's happening now. That's great. That's so cool. Um, I'm, it's, it's an amazing story just from like, literally like drop in from Australia in a pandemic <laughs> what, a, what a way to start a career honestly like it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> i'm very i'm very i'm very um i'm very i'm very like surprised and like i'm yeah as you said like, you're very grateful at how things turned out but like yeah just going through like 
probably one of the most difficult years that we've faced in a generation and <laughs> just been able to just uh pick stuff up and do and start just doing stuff and then like actually keeping on that squiggly ladder so that's uh trying to yeah yeah yeah, good. yeah. well i think that's it isn't it it's i am one of those people that like like things to happen as soon as possible like as straight now and what like one of the things this last year has taught me is you cannot expect too much like you look at what's happened as you say you look at what happened over the last year and a half for me it's moved very quickly I've <laughs> you know accomplished quite a lot and I'm very happy about it. but in the moment you're like why isn't everything going quicker <laughs> but I have been taught patience which again I'm very grateful or I've, I've been taught that I should learn how to be patient which I mean awareness is is the key right that's <laughs> that's the that's the minimum of what you need so yeah yeah it's good did this spark um so about Cornish Kaleidoscope which when did you was that like a like a month ago two months ago it was it was I think well I just I've just done episode eight so yeah that would be about two months ago now just around that time yeah it's been and that's that that's all done you you obviously like produce and do it all by yourself that's all that's your own thing. yes yeah yeah how's that been starting up your own another podcast I mean you've done it before so obviously you're a natural at this point yeah well yes thank you um <laughs> well I dingbat chat is lovely but it's my thing do you know what I mean like I mm. that is something I will pick up and I will drop and I will do it when I want to and I want to wait until things are open again now so I can actually go out and try the activities because the whole point of doing that chat is that I go and try something new that I've never done before and then talk to someone who knows what they're talking about about it afterwards and mm. I was like I, I can't do another bloody lockdown one because I can't talk about you know flower crowns over zoom I want to go and talk to the person I want them yeah. to show me in person so yeah, yeah. I thought right I need to start doing things again I need to start getting myself out there again what is interesting to me and something I've found from working at BBC Radio Cornwall is as much as they push diversity they can but there's so much to do there's so much to cover all the time you also have to think about the audience and so and you know what they want as well and so it's 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 done as much as possible but for, for a younger generation, for my generation, where the audience would be like 15 to 25 year olds, is old, there's not as much out there for them. Mm. So I thought, you know, let's look at Cornwall. Let's look at diversity in Cornwall because it is here. I'm certain it is around. <laughs> I've found a few people to prove my point. <laughs> it is. It is it's somewhere. But I thought that's just a really nice thing to do. Because it's, it's, again, it's like talking to people who are passionate about what they do mm. and talking to them about the jobs that they do and why they do it and how their diversity... It's, it's not like a, look at this person, they're so diverse, I'm so woke for talking to them <laughs> about their diversity, this is amazing. No, it's about giving them a space in which, if they want to, they can talk about how their diversity has played into their passions, basically their career, their success, whatever that might be. Mm. Because... Normally, they get asked about these things in like, you know, for a five minute chat, like a five minute interview or, you know, it's, it's just like a quote for a newspaper or something. Yeah. They don't get to have a proper discussion about it. Yeah. So that's what I find really interesting. It's like normally when I speak to the person about it, that afterwards they go, oh, I haven't done that in ages. <laughs> I haven't had a proper chat about yeah. why I love what I do yeah. and why that's about that. Yeah. And that's what I love. Mm. Talking to people who are passionate about what they do. That's what I love. Yeah. I mean, I, I get similar things, like some people I've spoke to, they're like, oh my God, that's 
I've been re been reignited by what I do again. I was like, I mean, I'm just I'm just talking to you. Like, there's nothing nothing to it. Nothing to it really. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's because they don't get asked these questions. You know, you don't have this kind of conversation. Uh, if it's normal, if it was just like you and me chatting down the park bench, right? This would be a conversation. You wouldn't just be asking me questions. I would be less rude and ask you questions back. But when someone gives you the the platform, when someone gives you the space or the stage to just say, you know, start the sentence and see where the words take you. Yeah. That's when you start to realise, oh, no, I do this for a reason. I love what I do. Let me remember that. And that's why I think podcasts are really lovely. Interview-based podcasts are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I really, yeah, I really like, I've got, got a lot of out of doing, um, uh, doing these types of things with Whisper and also with um, the Radio Society, like, when I was doing that. It's just nice to hear, like, people's passions. and It's I, a win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. Good for you. Yeah. Good for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just to reaffirm, like, what we do again. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what I like to do. This is why I love it. Exactly. Doing all these different things. Like, what what other things do you... I mean, obviously, we can go onto the TikTok ladder that you're you're, you're looking you're looking to, to climb. But, yeah, they, they are generally really, like... So, so, sometimes on Instagram or something, and I see your videos, and it does make me... It's, it's great. It's good fun. I'm I'm too nervous for TikTok. I good. I'm, I'm glad you like them. I think I I think I I think I'd be good at it, but I just I just I don't know mm. if I have the confidence yet. Cause I used to do tons of things like that, like funny videos on my own. I would never do anything pro- public. Yeah. Um, I was very young, but obviously, that ended when we had to grow up. Apparently. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. But, uh... well, see, but now is the opportunity again, Sebastian. <laughs> now is your chance to give it a go. Yeah. And the thing is, you're only doing it with yourself in your room or whatever. And then you put yeah. it out there and you're like, oh, other people find this hilarious. I'm so glad. <laughs> I didn't get it for a joke. I kind of was like more interested during lockdown because people were talking about it. Yeah. And then I became quite an addict yeah. for most of it. <laughs> so, um, yes. But, yeah. But yeah, how's, how's your, did you, was that kind of the same experience for you in lockdown? Just kind of got a bit needed to do stuff more stuff to do well so I heard about it and I saw it was mainly sort of dance things that was my first interpretation of it (laughs) and then I was of the assumption that I was too old to know what TikTok was or be on TikTok that was like no too old I can't do this 24 now I have to take myself seriously I can't do silly videos and then yeah no I know but it feels too old to know the words TikTok well well can't be saying this. Just my opinion. <laughs> just, um, but then I, I don't know. I sort of, I, I started to get into it and sort of like watch videos because I never downloaded the app. I was like, don't download the app because you're just going to sit there scrolling. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. But then obviously it came up on Instagram and I saw the funny videos and I was like, oh God. And I just got that sort of feeling in my stomach. I was like, I'm going to end up doing this, aren't I? <laughs> There's nothing I can do to stop this. I'm going to end up being on here. I know I am. I like stop trying to resist it just go for it and then and then it got to like the third lockdown I was like right well we all knew it was gonna happen because I like making funny videos like I I often have like I'm terrible at tweeting because I ha- I use too many words and I'm not very good I don't quite understand Twitter but I have funny short ideas and so I was like TikTok is clearly my platform TikTok is where I was meant to be yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> like right okay fine I'll do it and so 
yeah I just I just I just got into it I was just like right let's give it a go and then I put so much effort into my first TikTok I was like I've got to look so good it's gonna it's gonna be right on time with the queue and I didn't really know how to use it anyway so I ended up editing it on iMovie that's how much effort I put in you're not supposed to do that that's too much effort (laughs) Sebastian that's way too much but I thought no it's fine and then yeah yeah, but as you said, it's just, I don't know, it's fun and it's funny and I have funny ideas and I have an expressive face and <laughs> I like to make the most of it. I haven't used it as much as I'd like to recently, but I have started again mm. and it's just one of those things where, I don't know, it just feels good and it works for me and I like to be silly and stupid and that is a place where I can be <laughs> silly and stupid. So, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it's really funny to me because, like, yeah, I was kind of in a similar boat. Like, I didn't know really know what it was particularly, but then... No. Uh, but then once you get it and you you follow like some people that uh that you like obviously and it, then kind of the algorithm like does its job basically and then finds you other good things it's really it's actually one yes. of the most impressive social media outlets i think with how it oh, how, for you, sure. how, people, for sure. how people people can discover you and get views and stuff so it's kind of yeah. crazy if it was if i was if i was younger and this came out i probably would have been more on it but yeah the, the whole yeah. the whole age thing is a very i think it's a very interesting topic actually of how like people have this kind of narrative mm. in their heads like they're too um old to do something or to, like yeah whatever it is really it could be a craft or a sport or a instrument. yeah so yeah i think it just i think tiktok was a kind of a cool space where like people don't really don't really give like they don't really care as much like, no no seems, no it seems more... no one no one gives any yeah. care whatsoever and it is it is because you see completely random stuff on there don't you like completely random stuff that <laughs> nobody could even imagine that another person would come up with yeah. i sort of think of it like the um the mcdonald's of like the fast food restaurant or social media because it's so like this like yeah. all the time it's just like going yeah. off popping yeah. off like in some direction or another yeah. and then suddenly you've got thirty thousand views on one video and like 10 on another and you're like what is going on? i don't understand but sure sure i'll take it as it comes <laughs> i remember the first time i went on it my brain was like like kind of like like overwhelmed by like how quick and how fast it was in the beginning i yeah, was like this is this is frazzled this is this is pretty intense like wow the people are really really making stuff this quick <laughs> and like it's just being yeah. out there so easily and i think everyone like other like other social medias had to catch up quite quickly. I've seen those Instagram do like reels and stuff. They had to like catch up because it was so good. Like it was working so yeah, well. Yeah, they did. But um, anyways, yeah. yeah, it's just it's interesting. It's always, it's just good. Uh, as you said, like it's good to like keep your fingers in different pies and creatively and stuff. Mm. So, but yeah, it's good. And it's also a good, yeah, it's a good outlet to just to have fun really when you're just doing a lot of work and stuff. It's good to yeah. have that space, I think. Yeah. Blow off some scene, put some makeup on. It's cracking. <laughs> yeah briefly talked about um like uh lockdown stuff but how was how was lockdown for you you, you obviously said about um obviously coming back from the farm and <laughs> coming back to the farm sounds really weird to say coming back from the mm, farm uh, coming back from the farm <laughs> uh but, um doing all the radio stuff but how was it um anything else that kind of helped you through lockdown or you want to sort of bring the uh the pride thing into it because yeah. last year obviously with Black Lives Matter popping off, right? It was mm. it was a horrendous time. Mm. Um, and it also, I think, for a lot of people, I don't know, for, but for me especially, it put things into perspective. Yeah. 
Mm. So I, I was, because I'd become very sort of self-centered, very sort of self-focused, being like, I need to do Dingbat Chat. It's the only thing I've got. I need, need to do it. And just becoming quite sort of um, toxic, I think, to be around at that point. Mm. Um, and then Black Lives Matter happened. And also my, my granny died around the same time. Oh, so it was like two quite big things, one worldwide. Uh, that's mm. right. But it, it was just, it, w- it was two like big sort of get your head right, put things into perspective kind of things. And mm. so that all happened and then I try to think slightly bigger than I had before and the next big event coming after that was pride Mm. and so for for Dingbat Chat I had a um, pride and proud that was the episode and I spoke to Zodi who's a drag performer up in Birmingham I believe they are but like they're Mm. from what the, they grew up in Camelford <laughs> in Cornwall, <laughs> and um, which I thought was great. And they also put me on to a uh, pride, not sorry, pride, an LGBTQ plus activist called Kieran. And mm. I had a discussion with both of them for my podcast last year. And it was the most interesting conversation. It was the first conversation I'd had with someone who was non-binary about being non-binary. Because yeah. I'd heard about it, I knew what it was, I didn't really understand it. I didn't quite, you know, I, I, I don't think you can understand it until you talk to someone <laughs> who, who's happy to talk about it, yeah. about what it means and why. And it's, you have to have that discussion because it's something new, it's something completely different. Mm. But after having that discussion with Kieran, I was like, yeah, I completely get it, I completely understand that. And it opened my eyes, I think, to a lot of other things mm. going on at the moment so it's like it's like in the middle of all this lockdown rubbish and you know you're stuck in your own home but I was talking to people who had completely different life experiences from the other side of the world or, or from you know this country but we were living a very different life to my own mm. about things that I cared about and I was interested in and that was really gratifying actually to have those conversations mm. and now you know we're coming around to pride again this year and the fact that it's still somewhat locked down you know i was going to go to birmingham pride and can't because mm. it's not birmingham sorry brighton brighton right. pride and i was yeah. very excited but that's been all cancelled but yeah. i don't know I, I care more than i did before and and bec- again because of the podcast it not forces me but I, it encourages myself to have those conversations to learn more about the things i care about yeah. Because when I have a reason to do something, I will always do it. Whereas yeah. if it's just me relying on me, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> but, you know, for, for, oh, for yeah, for, for, for pride and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, yeah, really let me have a lot of interesting conversations, which I, I greatly appreciate. It's just, it's, good, it's just good to diverse your conversation with people. Is that what I would say? Diverse, have diverse conversations. That's a terminology I just made up. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, so, uh, <laughs> just have, just have like interesting conversations with people that you don't, um, I don't know, you wouldn't necessarily, um, have in your life originally, or I don't know, just, just mm. ways of opening your eyes to things. And I think a lot of, especially with Black Lives Matter and uh, other, uh, social issues, etc., that kind of, uh, cropped up last year because everyone, mm. because everyone was inside and they were just had the internet and, you know, looking outside and stuff like that to for information via their phones or and just being kind of always online but pretty much just mm. allow people to actually sit with it rather than kind of glance their phone in the morning say oh so headline something happened like okay let's go and yeah work 
So I think it allowed a lot of people to yeah. sit down with their, with themselves and then with what's actually going on in the world. And I think mm. it's, it was, it, I think, yeah, as I said, it's, it was it, obviously it was kind of hellish for some people because a lot of people struggle with um, you know, a lot of mental health issues. Um, obviously, you mentioned with mm. depression and stuff like, you know, it was, it, it was it, there's a lot of stuff like uh, symptoms of uh, lockdown stuff is going to be, you know, resonated for a while. It's not going to go away as soon as everything's lifted for some people. It's quite a lot to adjust to one thing and then adjust to another. So, but yeah, I think it's it's just it, I think it was if you use your time well during lockdown, I think it was a good time to uh, reflect and like actually not be um, influenced by not influenced, but like having to deal with the outside world like twenty four seven, like and be able to sit with yourself. Yeah, I think. actually deal with yourself. Yeah. So, mm. so yeah, I think it's I think it was a really I think it was a good time for some people. I think it was a good time for people to just have a pause on life, really. I think it's, I think it's what the main thing was. Yeah. If people were lucky yeah. to. Um, I think fortunately that. It, it, was, it was to and from, though, wasn't it? Because it was like the positive of... It was good to reflect. I think everyone needed to do that. I also think it was incredibly hard because upon reflecting, especially if you have any, any sort of trauma or any sort of mental health issue and you look too deep and you look for too long, yeah. you can upset a lot of things i know that that's what a lot of people went through um yeah i, I got therapy i started therapy uh in march when the whole sarah everard stuff kicked off because i was getting really low and that was that was the cherry on top of the rubbish cake at that mm. point it was really really rough that time i yeah. started therapy and you know i've got to this point now and i'm feeling ten thousand times better because you know in my discussions with her a lot of things were explained and I've been saying to a lot of people for a very long time oh have some therapy it will help it will help so much and then did I ever go and do it myself did I no absolutely not it was just it was a rough time but I'm glad you know you've got to you've got to take the silver linings isn't it's all about trying to find the positives in the situation I I mean I started therapy uh, before lockdown I did it I think when did I start 20 end of 2018 so I was kind of already in the mm-hmm. press of doing some of that stuff. So when lockdown came, I was like, I was like, well, here we go. This is going to be the big one. <laughs> so it's going uh, <laughs> it, to, it's sort of, it's sort of like for me personally, it kind of um, it accelerated quite a lot of things that might have taken years to work through um, because, yes. of, because, you know, because like you'd have to like, you know, live your like day to day, like, you know, be outside with people like for me it would be university or just in general like the you know there's social pressures to do stuff yeah. and, and like you need to be out there doing stuff all the time like whatever that is uh, <laughs> um, but to, it's just to kind of sit with yourself I think and be kind of proactive whilst um, whilst doing that I think um, and I think as well I think for me I've come mm. out much better than I would as I did going in so um, I was very aware. You have to be very aware of it as things Good. happen, because yeah, that's I just, it. I just, yeah. I just remember like just the beginning of everything, and everyone was like going crazy over toilet rolls. I was like, God, people are not ready for the next year. <laughs> people are not ready. No, <laughs> I was just like, oh no, no. Um, so not yeah, but I, I think people. <laughs> I, from, from what I've seen, people are I think becoming more aware of things. Um, I think the general awareness yeah, of things. And, I think they've had to. Yeah, and I think people actually doing stuff, like, like activism stuff or like 
I like you know the protests that were happening and stuff like that. Like people, I think, may begin to realize that actually they have a lot of you know power in the sense of like what they can you know demonstrate or like have voices to say. So I think it's a learning for everyone. People, you know, have been able to do that. I think, and that's being very. Mm. I think it's very good for. I think it's been very. I think it's a very. That's a good outcome. I think. I think from the, from the whole thing. Yeah. Um, as it is Pride Month as well, like you want, do you want to talk about anything in particular? What Pride Month means to you, or because uh, I don't obviously your your uh, bi wife energy is that the right word, term to say? Bi wife energy. It's on it's on TikTok. It's on TikTok. I was gonna say. I, I will be your bi wife, Sebastian. You don't have to ask. It's fine. <laughs> I'll be there. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that. I am by just... by energy. I do love the term yeah, by yeah, energy because it's so true. It's so specific. I feel like it's like a star sign. Yeah. It's like you're Aquarius, you're Libra, you're by energy. Like it's a yeah. it's a whole vibe. I appreciate that. No, it's, it's TikTok. I, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Means... Seen it. I, well, I'm going to have to have a look now. I'm going to yeah. have to. I will there's be whole... your by wife. I'm going to have to look there's at it whole... and then confirm. There's a whole song about it. Someone made a song about it. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> okay all right okay i'm gonna go watch it immediately after this um no it's pride is i went for the first time in melbourne and i've always been i think because i grew up with a mum with a mother who said you know i love the gays they're just so waspy basing them all on like paul or grady and graham norton that's what she thinks they are but you know like like however sort of slightly misplaced that appreciation is the appreciation is still there and that's what came through and so I always tried with you know colorful rainbows oh my god it's fabulous spill your tea honey like that kind of sass and I think you have to unlearn that a little bit as you go on so you can appreciate also a lot more than that but I, I went to Pride for the first time in Melbourne and that was fantastic that was very exciting I was incredibly ill I had the flu but I was like no I have to go and so I put on my 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 sparkly sequined pasties and a see-through top and I was like look at me now what's coming for you what's gonna get you it's great I loved it um and you know obviously it was full of color and drag queens and flags and it was just it was just really wonderful to see and just a really happy vibe Mm. but there's also been like other events in my life where you know it's been like a an lgbtq plus thing and i have never in all my life felt more comfortable more accepted more um just just know there's no attack that there's no there's no preface what you see is what you get in all these different events whether they be like a charity thing or a club night or Mm. Um, just, just anything like from, from a sporting event to a to a high tea. If it's LGBTQ plus and everyone is there to support each other, it's such a good feeling. Mm. And I, I started to realise this. I was like, okay, no, this is a community that not only do I want to be proud of, but I'm like proud to be part of. And I want to support. And so I was understanding my sexuality because I had to fight for a long time with myself about what you know who I was as, as a as a by person because I think you know I had short hair and I played rugby in school so everyone called me a lesbian right that's yeah, classic God. evil children that's just what they do um <laughs> and so I thought being a lesbian was wrong I think like, I thought liking women is wrong and so I was just like no 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 I'm straight I'm straight I'm so straight so I straight. like Willie 
obviously. <laughs> so straight hers. Straight as a ruler. Um, <laughs> then, then I was like, oh, no, wait, no, I definitely am not. But it took me a really long time to accept that and be okay with that. And then on top of that, you know, you have the conversations that I had with Kieran about uh, sort of being non-binary and the fact that pride is a protest. It's not just a celebration. It also has to be a protest. So you have to understand that there are serious matters to discuss here. And it's just all these elements that are coming in. I'm constantly learning about the LGBTQ plus community. And there's so much to know. There's so much to learn. And like for Cornish Kaleidoscope, you know, one of the first guests I had on was St. Ives Mermaid which is Laura, and it was about Lesbian Visibility Week. And I was like, what does it mean to be a lesbian? Have I ever had this discussion with anyone? No, (laughs) this is a really important discussion for me to have. And so I just think you can never know enough about something that's always changing. You can never know enough. And so exactly, there's so much to know, there's so much to learn. And and also to find where you fit in, in that community, because I think everyone has a place where they're most comfortable, you have to delve in, you have to get into the nitty gritty, you have to get down to the bottom and see everything and then decide what you want to do. And I'm still burrowing down. I'm still getting that. I'm swimming (laughs) all the way through to find these interesting, interesting things. But that's why I love Pride Month because it gives you so much space and time to talk about it. It gives you a good reason to have many conversations. And, And that's, yeah, I think that's, that's what this month should be about really is, is, is having conversations and, because people are aware awareness isn't the issue but and and tolerance however horrible word it is (laughs) is necessary but understanding understanding is what you're trying to get to right understanding is what you're trying to go for and i think that's that's where that's where the discussions need to be had in the first place Mm, understanding yeah and hopefully action as well that's the next bit Mm. after understanding (laughs) it's like actually doing something yes um understanding (laughs) And action. Yeah, I think they come hand in hand, don't you? Yeah. Thank you very much, Alice, for joining me. Uh, before we leave, do you want to do any sort of plugs or anything that we can we can find you on? Yes. So um, if you want to see all the stupid things I do, the combination of all that is essentially on Instagram. So that's Alice Vickers 2 uh, You can also follow me on TikTok and see all the stupid stuff I do in video form. How exciting. That's on Alice Vickers 2 as well on, on TikTok. Um, you've got Cornish Kaleidoscope. That's on all uh, podcasting platforms if you want to go and have a listen. And rate and review. That's how other people find me. Oh, see, logic. And then I have my next radio show on the 25th of June. And that is a Friday evening in a couple of weeks' time. So all so exciting. it's all happening here yeah, in yeah. Alice Land. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. I make my own wonder. Oh god. Exactly. I can't say that. That's awful. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been lovely to chat with you and uh, I'll hopefully speak to you soon. And that was episode four of season two of Whispercast. Thank you for listening. I was your host, Sebastian Davis. Artwork for the podcast was done by Abby James. The jingle was performed by Reese Hurd. Logo was designed by Jules Sutton. And the show was produced by myself and Lucy Williamson. If you'd like to be featured as a special guest in a future episode, feel free to get in touch. If you'd like to support Celebrating Creativity, please consider supporting us on Patreon. All details are in our show notes. This has been a Whispercast production. Stay safe and see you soon.